0: Uh, have been doing that, so really the formal process was uh, with, with Drew and I in particular and then bringing Dave into this as well was, was really seeking the Lord. That seems like uh, a basic step, but there is no more important step than that of just going before him and asking and praying, and, and Lord, who we need, we need more elders. What do you wanna do, Lord? And so that was not just a one-time prayer, as you can imagine, a lot of praying, a lot of seeking Lord and then uh, particularly for, for Drew and I, of just coming together and talking and thinking and praying more, and then eventually, uh, as the Lord would, would have it, to give both Mike uh, and Brian, what we call our elder application. Uh, that, is, that is exhaustive in nature, and it's meant to be. So that's just not like one or two questions. That's, I don't know, like eight pages, I think, of questions. Uh, everything from theological questions to practical questions to season of life questions to giftedness questions to a whole bunch of other things. And so from that, these guys took some time with their wives as well, brought them into the conversation, prayed about that, thought about it, brought those applications back. uh, And then Drew and I, and then eventually Dave, met with them and went over that. And that was not a one-time conversation either. That was uh, really multiple conversations and a lot more praying and seeking and counseling and so on and so forth. So, uh, from that point, then, the, the decision, uh, particularly for, for Drew and I, to say, okay, uh, we want to feel the Lord is, is in this and moving us forward, and so uh, for Mike and Brian to be an elder candidate for uh, no less than one year. So that's kind of where we're at right now. Here's what that means, to be an elder candidate. That means that they will begin to come to our elders' meetings, and so we meet twice a month. Wednesday mornings, which by the way, if you, know, if you wanna know how you can uh, pray for us as elders, you wanna know some of the details, like it'd be great if you prayed Wednesday morning from 6.30 to 8.30, because that's when we meet and that's where we uh, talk about church life and pray for each other and support each other and so on and so forth. So those are pretty key times. So these guys will be coming to those elders meetings. We we'll also have uh, meetings with uh, elders and wives together as we grow the team. Those are, we've got one at the end of this month here. Uh, That'll probably be four to six times throughout the year here, something like that. Uh, These guys will show up, Mike and Brian, to our uh, elders meetings. They will function like elders. Um, They will not have a vote for this one year. Uh, After that year, and again, we're lots of reevaluation, lots of conversation, lots of thinking and praying with these guys. Uh, After that one year, then... We, we determine how the Lord is moving and working and w- what is he saying to us? There, there's several things that could happen after that first year. One possibility is that we walk through this first year and, and, and maybe it's, I'm just throwing an example here. I'll use Brian as an example. And maybe, maybe things change in Brian's life, life change, something like that, and he just determines and as we talk, you know what, love the church, but I'm just not sure this is the right season. That's okay. So we, we want to have those conversations. Uh, so that could happen. It could be that we extend that year of elder candidacy for another year. Maybe there's just some things we want to keep working on, and that's great too. Or it could be, and I, I sense this will be the case, that uh, for both of these guys, we would want to move them to, then to, towards ordination. And what that means then is another theological examination and a whole bunch more of questions and uh, like a serious spotlight on them, which I know you're both super excited about uh, as we move forward. So that's a little bit of the process of what this looks like moving forward. Now again, one of the reasons we're here this morning is that uh, we eagerly desire your feedback and really your affirmation of both Mike and Brian. So that doesn't mean just in this next week, that means really over this next year. So we invite you to talk to us. as you have questions, concerns, anything like that, we really want to know where you guys are at. And so part of this morning then is, well this is a great chance to get to know these guys and have you get to know them and just hear a little bit more. I'm gonna sit down, which means you folks over there are just gonna, you'll hear a voice, you're not gonna see a body, which some would say that's a good thing. So, uh, let's, let's just start here. Uh, why don't we just start with the basics and so particularly for Brian and Mike, just give us a sense uh, who you are, some of the basic details, wife, kids, family, job,
1: how long you've been at GCF. You were, you were holding the mic. Why'd you pass it to me here first? Uh, so, my name is Brian DeBoer. Um, I've been married to my wife, Rondi, for 25 years. Uh, we have four daughters. We have Jada, 15 years old. We have Belle, 19, uh, Emma, 21, and Rachel, 23. Uh, I work as a physical therapist at the Valley Hospital, and I've been at the church. We've been at the church here for about 20 years.
0: So You guys were close to being like founding members, practically.
1: Yeah, we we joined the church
2: probably about a year after it
1: it started. Very good. Yeah.
0: Good.
2: Mike. Yeah, Mike Mossbeck. Um, My wife Lizzie and I have been married for 16 years. We've been members here at GCF. For 17 years, um, we've got four kids: Miles, Jonah, Ruth, and Jane. Uh, for work, I am the CEO of a company that I started. The railing that you guys see out in the, in the foyer there is a product that I developed and we patented it, and we sell through stores around the country. Great. going on right now. Too Did I miss anything there? <laughs> Big sale. Anyway, we can talk about
0: that later. Um, okay, and so let's start, and actually I think I'd like all of you guys to answer this question, but we can start with maybe with Brian and then Mike and then fill in the details. But one of the things that I, I think would be real important, just as we get to know these guys, is just to hear a little bit by way of their testimony, how, how they came to saving faith in Christ. I know we can't, you can't share all the details, we don't have time for that, but give us enough details of what that looked like and maybe the circumstances of how, um, how the Lord really rescued you Uh, So, why don't we start with Brian, and in fact, we can just kind of make our way down here. I think that'd be important for everybody.
1: Go ahead, Brian. Okay. I came to the Lord. I I believe He gave me new birth at the age of 19, it was my freshman year of college. Uh, Before that time, uh, my mom took me to church, but I really had no interest in the Lord uh, whatsoever. um, The gospel didn't make sense to me. Um, There just was no life there, really. Uh, but again freshman year of college the lord really used a a time of uh, just sadness i don't know what you call it depression um, dissatisfied with life uh, to just make me feel kind of a need for christ and i began going to church and hearing the gospel um, it began to make sense to me and things started to change for me i started doing things i had never done before i started reading my bible i started praying uh, I started trying to watch my language. I remember the Lord convicting me of my language. That's one of the first sins that uh, that he convicted me of. Um, during that time, however, I had really no uh, understanding of the importance of the local church, no theology of the church, and so really did not plug into the life of the church. And as a result, didn't grow a whole lot until um, someone asked me to come to a college-age ministry at the church. And again, this was God's grace to me. Um, he, uh, I believe, just brought me, brought me into the life of the church, became much more um, passionate about the Lord during that time, and then I think another milestone was probably about a year later, was really introduced to re- more Reformed theology, really started hearing about sin, about God's grace, about the glory of God, and uh, I really saw my sin for what it was for the first time, I think, uh, just the sins of my heart, pride, uh, selfishness, and God's grace became much more amazing during that time. And I think at that point, I was really ruined for, for Christ at that point. so.
3: Me too? Yeah. Um, I grew up going to church. Did not like it. It was a Methodist church here in town. And um, probably fifth, sixth, seventh grade, I had finally convinced my parents to not make me go. Um, and it was at sometime in junior high. It was an employee of the school, kind of mentoring, discipling, um, probably eight or ten of us young men, um, through a Bible study and then going to a Saturday night church service together, um, that kind of, um, I guess, got me re-engaged with the church. Um, Sometime in that junior high, we went to a church camp too, I responded to an invitation to... Um, you know, stand up, say the sinner's prayer, that kind of thing, pray with people. Um, and then uh, kind of coasting through high school, um, met my wife, Jamie, in high school. We were going to the same church. And at that time, uh, well, shortly after high school, got out of the Army and um, had an internship with Michael Mossback and another friend of ours, Brian Ulrich, who goes up north, and um, Mike and I didn't have a lot going on in that internship, so we just talked a lot. <laughs> and he was kind of opening my eyes to theology, specifically Reformed theology. And uh, I told Jamie probably about, I think, maybe shortly after we got married, hey, I think we should go to GCF. It was a big change for both of us, but uh, God, God blessed that, and we haven't looked back since. So um in my testimony, I don't I don't know the time and date like a lot of you do. I don't know the time and date when I was saved, but that's kind of the story and the progression.
2: Uh, yeah, similar story to Drew. I grew up in a nominal Christian home, and going to church was a regular thing that we did. Um, but as I look back now, it's like there wasn't you know a lot of opening God's Word at home with with my. With my parents, it wasn't something that I, I saw on a regular basis. Um, through high school, kind of just kind of ebbed and flowed. There was never, I could, as I look back on my life, there was never a point where I like, doubted or questioned the existence of God, but there was like not really like life change. Um, when I was 17, I, I got involved in a, a youth group that was not at the church that my parents were going to. Um, I ended up getting baptized there. And then when I went off to college... I got myself into some trouble, and through just playing around with, with drugs and whatnot, and um, yeah, I, I mean the short of it is I was facing multiple felonies, became an informant for the DEA, and that's really kind of the low point in my life. Um, that was back in 2005, and then in January of, that was like November, December 2005, in January 2006, I met Dave Farley and started attending a discipleship group um, that he was starting. Wanted to disciple men in uh, in the college ministry, and we started going through Wayne Grudem's Systematic Theology. And I started understanding like there's actual you, you can understand why we believe what we believe. And through that, there was a you know a six or eight month period from. end of 2005 to really the end of 2006 where my life drastically changed and in January of 2007 we started attending GCF and that's when Lizzie and I started dating and we were married in August of 2007 and yeah there's a lot more I could say about all of that but (laughs) yeah it's it's there is a understanding of God's grace and mercy that I've seen over the last eighteen years in my life, where I don't know how to explain it other than the gospel changes people.
4: Um, I did have a regeneration moment time frame, which I praise God for. Um, drastic change out when I was in the Navy, twenty-one years old. Out in the pacific ocean somewhere um i grew up in a christian household uh, was baptized as a young boy didn't know what i was doing and we we did the kind of the get into sports we we horseback rode went camping uh once i hit sixth grade and just stopped doing church and but i remember going into boot camp and they had to stamp your dog tag and they're like what religion are you and i just said christian because i was a united states citizen <laughs> So, I thought if you live in America, and I listen to country music, so that especially made me a Christian. Uh, (laughs) Because they always talk about God, beer, and crazy people, right? Uh, So, I went into boot camp. Christian was on my dog tag, and I was not a Christian uh, by any means. Um, The Lord used the military to really floor me. Uh, I went through very hard times, the hardest times of my life within the military, a lot of loneliness, depression, and Him really revealing what Dave in control of Dave, what happens when 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 I'm in control. And uh, I remember a lot of lows. I came up here, uh, my dad's from Spokane originally. We grew up in Southern California, but we came up here to visit family and my parents ended up moving up here. We begged them our entire life to move up to Spokane and they said no and then my brother and I left to go to the Navy and they moved up here. So <laughs> I don't know what was up with that. Uh, so I came up on leave here as my last bit of leave, and then I had like eight months left to get out of the military, a four-year, four-year um, tour. And my parents came up, and I think they were regenerated. Uh, they were going to church. They were serious about their faith. And I think my my mother especially looked back and it was just like, "Man, we we kind of missed the boat with our kids." And so she wanted me to meet their pastor, and she wanted me to hear the gospel. And I met the pastor when I was up here on leave, and he. He told me the gospel, and I just, you know, I was like, yeah, that's great, whatever. Um, I went back, and a few months later, we went out to sea for my last kind of tour, and just on that boat, so at some point, uh, just things started changing. and I, I became highly convicted of my sin, uh, what that leads to. My mom, throughout the four years of the military, sent me books once she started going back to church, Um, Case for Christ, Lee Strobel, you know, all the, you know, purpose-driven life, like all kind of those 101, and I just threw them in my locker, because I couldn't throw them away, because they were gifts, and when you're in the military, and out in the middle of the ocean, those gifts mean a lot, so I didn't want to just trash them, Uh, but the cool thing was, is three years later, after I was converted, I went through every single one of those books, because I was hungry for it, I wanted to to know more, and uh, my language was a big one, I had the sailor mouth, and um, so yeah, 21 years old, converted got out of the military moved up here jumped right into church i was so excited to go to church um went through college and i was a terrible student in high school barely graduated Uh, got almost straight a's in college and just my whole life had changed and that was the first big marker and the second one the church i first attended to was a great church um tried to push me into leadership a little too fast didn't teach a lot of doctrine and theology so i was kind of that that zeal without knowledge guy just on fire for Jesus, wanted to just go evangelize like crazy, didn't know anything. And about 10 years later, um, I started getting into the, the gateway drug of Reformed Theology, John Piper, <laughs> and John MacArthur and Sproul, and started learning doctrine. And that that was my second kind of big marker that really changed my life and found GCF, and here I am.
0: Amen. Very good. Uh, you, you see, What's cool when you just hear snippets of that, right, you, you see how... The Lord moves in all kinds of different ways. It's not just one way to, to save and to rescue. He, he does it in a lot of different ways. I was the church kid. So, I, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, that's, I'm leading off with I was the church kid. <laughs> that's where I'm going. <laughs> My testimony begins with I was a church kid. <laughs> yeah, okay, quick, quick, quickly, go. Okay. So, you know, I mean, Parents grew up in a, in a really solid Baptist church, conservative Baptist church. I mean, church was literally all I knew. So my dad, I mean, this is. I'm not making this up. My dad was a deacon. My mom and dad sang in the choir. They taught Sunday school. I mean, we were at church all day on Sunday, including Sunday night and every Wednesday night, and that's just what we did. And uh, looking back, I'm a lot more thankful for that than I certainly was growing up. Because uh, I think I did whine and complain about why do we have to do this uh, so it, you know extended family friends that 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 was my network um, but uh, so so really it was it was just sort of what I knew it was the air that I was just breathing in, but as often is the case with church kids it's like well, why do I need jesus i mean i 'm surely I can kind of skate in with, with my parents. They did the hard work. What do I need to do? I'm not, I'm not out doing drugs. I'm not an informant. <laughs> I'm a good kid. And I feel like I was a really good kid. And then, I mean, the Lord just slowly, it was just a process of just saying, you know what? You, you're not as good as you think you are because you know what, you just got really, you're actually pretty mean to like your siblings and you, you don't actually like your parents telling you what to do and on and on it goes from there. And so um, it wasn't really until I was baptized at 16, I would say uh, Easter when I was nine, I, I would say yeah, I think that was, that was a, a decisive turning point but to be honest, if you were to look at my life with the wide angle lens from nine until 16, I was on the throne, I was doing what I wanted to do. It was, I, was still, I was still that good church kid, just a little bit older, and now I could argue with other people. And it wasn't until I really was baptized, that was, that was pretty formative and, and a pretty decisive moment where I just had to own that. I had to say like, Man, it, am I serious about this or not? Because I can be really thankful for going up in a church, that's a wonderful thing, but just being thankful for having a lot of church friends and going to a good church doesn't make one a Christian. And so it was a really decisive point. Um, And looking back then, uh, I mean, the Lord was really gracious and kind to me. I had a lot of really, I can think of youth leaders who were really important in my life, certainly my parents, um, my grandmother. I mean, there were just a lot of different influences there. And that sort of led me on that journey then and uh, kind of that whole idea then of, well, maybe the Lord's calling me to be a pastor and what that looks like, That that took some time. Not that I totally ever abandoned that or went away from that, but I was kind of thinking I might want to do some other things, and, and the Lord just had to, He was very patient with me too, and, and some of that was just like running into walls. And sometimes the Lord uses those walls to say, oh, not that, this. And so it was a little bit of that. Is that cool, Stephanie? Is that? <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, let's do this. Maybe we'll start with Brian here. You know, as we talked in, in just our interview process here of, of the thought of being an elder, I mean, the, really, the, one of the most important questions is, is why? Because as you know, it doesn't pay real well, and it can be really hard. Um, being an elder means that you're on the front lines. You, we, we give up our lives for these people here, and we consider that a joy. So as, as the Lord has worked in your life, Tell us a little bit of just maybe some of that process and, and really why, and you sense like the Lord is actually calling you to be an elder here at GCF Valley.
1: Yeah, I think the way I would answer that question first is I think just over the last several years, just with Scripture, just, just in my own personal devotional time, the Lord I think has really impressed upon me the preciousness of His church, His people, just how precious His people are to Him. Uh, he cares so well for His church. You think of, like, texts like Ephesians 5, where the Lord loves the church and cares for the church. Um, and my, I, th- I feel like my eyes have been more open to that over the last several years. Uh, so, if the Lord uh, cares for His church this way, this is also what we ought to be doing as well. And I have just felt much more conviction about that Um when you're looking at another Christian, you're looking at somebody that Jesus gave his life for. And so how ought I to to deal with that person now? Like, that's a big deal. Um, this person is very precious in the sight of Christ and should be, uh, should be cared for well. The other thing I think that the Lord has really um, impressed upon me uh, over the past few years is just more conviction about using our gifts. Uh, for a long time, I have... Um, try to play it safe, I think, with using using my gifts that the Lord has given me. Um, and I really don't want to do that anymore. I'd, I'd like to try to use the, the gifts that I have that the, that the Lord has given me to, to care for his people. Um, and so I think just more conviction on that end. If that doesn't work out well, if after the, the next year, these guys say to me, you know what, Brian, thank you for serving, but I don't think that this is your thing, then that's okay too. But I would, I, I want to, I want to try to use the gifts that the Lord has given me. So.
0: Are we all doing this one? Well, let's go have Mike go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. Um, it's a great question. I'm still wrestling through this one. Um, there's been a lot of deliberation about, you know, do I feel called to do this? Is this something that uh, I think, you know, we feel called to do? I was by far the last one to fill out and turn in my application. Um, I was (laughs) and and that's because I I wanted to really be thoughtful about it Um, I I love you all I I view this church as my family I don't have a lot of family Um, and it was something uh, eldership is something that I've always been open to uh, but not something I was ever going to seek after and kind of in in my heart it's always been all right Lord if this is something that you want for me then that's fine I will, you know, jump down that rabbit hole if it, if it comes. And so it's, and these guys, I think I first talked to Jeff about this probably two summers ago. And so wrestled with this for, for quite a long time. Um, but I, I love the church. I love all of you. And over the last two years and probably really over the last, you know, three to six months, my heart has been softened to it. And I'm really eager at this point to... Kind of jump into this with all of you as we as we grow together, and as you know, we seek to we seek the Lord for His guidance on and where the church is going. Um, I think it's a process that I'm still going through, but I do believe that um, the Lord is preparing me for this, and and I'm I'm really looking forward to getting to know all of you better and you guys getting to know me better as as we move forward through this next year and, and so forth.
0: Uh, maybe, uh, and Brian, we'll go to you and then, or maybe Mike, you got the mic, we can go with you. Um, and you, you already you, you addressed maybe some of this, but, but as you think about just the preparation, because in, in one sense, it's, it's a little bit hard to quantify the preparation that God has for a man to be an elder. There's a zillion different things that could go into that. But then there are also some specific things, different ministries that you've been involved in, different ways that you've led, just even some of your passions and some of the things that, uh, I know none of us like to get up here and say, well, here's where I think I'm gifted in. We're not saying that, but, but the Lord does give each of us passions and gifts to be used to glorify God and edify the body. So I wonder if you could maybe speak to that of just what has, even the last several years, just kind of that preparation, some of the different ministries you've been involved in, how you've really seen the Lord kind of bring you to this point.
2: I mean, so I mean, I would the, the first one would probably be just musical worship, right? So I've been leading worship at this church for for fifteen years. And <clears throat> I think God has used that as as a way for um, just just leading, you know the people into God's praise. and that kind of flows out into different areas and facets of life. Um, I think the Lord has been using. Just being a dad and shepherding the hearts of my kids and my wife over the last, you know, 16 years. Miles is 11 now, and um, and home group leadership. We've been home group leaders on and off for the last, you know, 15 years, and just shepherding people through seasons of trial and being shepherded myself through through seasons of trial. Um, you know, I had a front row seat being really mentored by Bill Farley, who's the founding pastor of this church, and just watching guys like him and Dave go through this and, you know, seeing what it means to be a shepherd and to to guide people and to lead them to God's word above all else in every aspect in, in, in life. Um, and I think over the last couple of years, just here at church, with home group leadership, with... Um, The business that, you know, we started and there's, it seems to be that the Lord has been using those things in my life to just accept the fact that like, hey, like I want you on this front line here and kind of tip of the spear kind of thing. Um, But I think all of those things have really helped to prepare me for this and really given me a heart to, to serve you all and that's really my, my passion, in it is, and why it took me so long to fill out that application, is if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it. It's not going to be a half-hearted thing. It's going to be an all-in um, kind of thing for me, so. Good. Brian?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think uh, just ministries that I've been involved with would be a uh, home group. I've been a a, a number two guy, I think, in home group for a while. So um, like if the leader uh, is not there, then I'll occasionally lead. So that's been kind of infrequent. But I think even just your involvement in home group, I mean, you don't have to be the leader of a home group to to shepherd and to really love and care for the people in your home group if you're really paying attention to the needs of others and you come to home group ready to serve and ready to love people. Uh, I was involved with a discipleship group uh, a couple years ago, and that was a tremendous experience, had just a group of really great guys and just trying to grow together in in holiness and uh, care for one another um, in that regard, and then um, also some involvement in counseling ministry. I've done a little bit of uh, some of the counseling training here at the church and been involved in just a a couple of... uh, processes of counseling with a, with a couple of people as well. Um, so yeah, I think those are the things, primary things I've been involved in.
0: Great. I'll say that uh, Brian has counseled me, and that's been huge. So I would go to him, I do go to him, you should go to him, he's, he's wise, and um, that's been huge for my own soul. So. I appreciate both. Uh, Maybe for Drew and Dave here, we'll just fill this in. Again, one of the things, there's several categories here as we think about elders. One of them, first of all, is biblical character. It doesn't get beyond that stage once, I mean, we don't move farther beyond just the biblical character requirements that we find laid out in scriptures. Now that doesn't mean perfection, uh, obviously. So you should not leave here thinking, wow, I can't believe it, we're at a church where there's like perfect elders. That would be wrong. To think of that. So, we are, we are working out our salvation as you are um, with fear and trembling, asking the Lord to grow us as well. And uh, there's a lot of humility that comes with that uh, because we understand the role that we do have. So, we think about character, we think about uh, just the godly convictions as well, theological convictions. And then there is a sort of another category here, and this is Dave and Drew, you guys can fill in some of the details and we'll give the other two guys a little break here being on the hot seat. But it, it's a compatibility, and that's, that's actually super hard to proof text. You're not gonna find that in the Bible where qualifications for elders means, well, you need to be compatible with the other elders, uh, but yet it is a real thing. And so I wonder, when we think about compatibility and just we think of as we have talked and prayed, um, you know, how, how might Mike and Brian, you know, what do they kind of bring to the table? How might they fit in with our growing team here? What does that look like? Because that's, you got to have guys who are all pulling in the same direction here. And that's a huge thing. And that's really honoring to the Lord. Now, obviously, we, we think we are. We think we got really two gifted guys here that would make uh, a great addition to our elder team. But maybe Drew, Dave, why don't you maybe speak to that of what you guys see in both Brian and Mike and kind of what they bring to the table
3: here? Sure, yeah. So I've gone to church with Brian for 15 years, which is as long as I've been here. And one of those guys, I could go up and talk to him about anything, but we didn't. We just haven't kind of run around in the same group. We haven't been real close friends. You know, we just know each other, and I have a lot of respect for him. So uh, as I was thinking about, you know, the compatibility thing, I thought, yeah, Brian's great. I know him well enough to say that, and I was eager to have him on board. Um, he loves this church. He loves you guys. They've been here a long time. He's wise. He's humble. He, like just checking all the boxes, so I I had no doubt he would be a good fit, and I knew just kind of Jeff's relationship with Brian, and I thought I can I can trust all that. And it's not like I didn't know Brian. I just you know um, didn't know him as well as some of the other people in the church. So uh, it was a really really easy for me there. Um, and then with Mike, I have I am a Good friend of with Mike, and um, I, I've, I also know his family. I've seen him parent; they do an amazing job parenting. I've seen him in home groups, worshiping. I've seen him um, deal with conflict and hardship, and so I, you know, that was easier. Like I, I could probably fill out his elder application for him in a lot of ways, just because I feel like I know him well enough. Um, so that was that was great too. But then in terms of compatibility, I thought um, I don't. I also don't want all the elders to be the same type of person. Um, so what, we want to be able to work together, but I wanted different personalities, different maybe priorities. I want people to say, well, what about this? What about that? And not just, not just do it because we've always done it that way or something. So um, I appreciate Mike's willingness to speak up in times like that, and that's going to be good for us. It's going to help us grow as a board. So I, I mean, that's one facet that I was, I was eager to have around as well.
4: Yeah, for me, for Brian, first uh, the compatibility came the first night that he came over and and watched three-hour Martin Lloyd Jones documentary with me. Anyone that will suffer through that with me and enjoy it, I'm like, you're a good guy. We had what Wheat Thins, Dr Pepper, grapes, and Whoppers. Yeah, it was a good combo. <laughs> um, but yeah, when one of the things when I came into this church that I craved so much, and and. I was emotional about it, so I was like, I can't find one man in Spokane Valley that will just talk to me about the Word that reads their Bible. I, I kept running into women who are like, same. Like, I can't get my, my husband to go to this Bible study. I can't get my husband to pray with me. I can't get my husband to read the Bible with me. And I was just like, man, is there is there anyone in Spokane Valley that's a man that just loves the Word that can? And and Brian's that guy. Um, he 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 models that, and so compatibility is his passion and love for the Word, but but not just reading it, like living it out and taking interest in these documentaries and these things, and we were pausing it every 30 minutes and just talking about it deeper and just, wow, that's incredible. I mean, preaching the gospel, it changed this whole village, and how crazy is that? So um, compatibility there with, with Brian, just in his love for wor- the Word and how he displays it in his life, and Mike, it's these luscious locks. I mean, <laughs> who doesn't want this? <laughs> If we cut him, do you get weak? Yes. <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> like you start singing out of tune and stuff. Um, my Mike's compatibility is his assertiveness, and and we can kind of joke about it. this. Is a lot of people will see Mike and be like, "Yeah, he's he's an assertive guy." Kind of have to be to be a CEO of your own business, but we need this, and um, I I envy it honestly. He's he's assertive, but he's gospel assertive, and he's not afraid to confront with the gospel um he knows when to cover and when to confront he's wise with that and i think he's going to be a, a great asset for that reason
0: hey amen and, and i would uh, just echo, uh, in fact drew and i as we were talking through this uh and praying through this and just saying lord like we're the goal here and i'll just personalize it now the goal here is not to have a lot of guys like me that would be bad frankly uh so w- we have up here we got more introverts and some extroverts. We got different personalities, we got more risk takers and some that are maybe a little averse to, to risk taking or need a little bit more time. And just in God's great infinite wisdom, like we all feel like that's a really good thing um, because we're gonna grow together. And so as much as like we are and praying that you all would grow, would you just be praying for us that, that we would grow? We, we wanna become more like Jesus this next year. Because ultimately, that's gonna be a, a benefit for you all. So, uh, and as we think about more elders, and we are, that's, that's front burner too, and, and continuing to seek the Lord and ask. We're asking Lord, who, who else? Where, where are some of the other guys that we need to have those conversations with and just begin that process? And uh, so we're not just looking for, you know, an introvert or extrovert. We're not just looking, again, we're looking for godly character, but a, a, a really wonderful side blessing and benefit as the Lord works this out is that he puts guys together in the same room to, to, to hammer through some tough stuff, to ask hard questions, to, to laugh together, to pray together. Yeah, I'm sure there could be some tears, likely will be. Um, but but he, he, he's really one that, that forms us together uh, and we can grow together. So just be praying uh, with and for us. And again, I would just echo what these guys have said. Um, I eagerly look forward to growing together uh, with you all here and uh, super grateful, uh, especially Brian, Mike, for stepping up in this role and saying, okay, Lord, let's just, you've led me this far and you're not gonna leave me now, so, so here we go. Um, I wonder if, uh, we mentioned uh, just some, some trials um, in our conversation here. And so uh, this, as we talked in our, interview stage here, I think I said to both you guys, look, if you're not broken before you become an elder, you will be when you are an elder. Uh, The Lord just will do that. He will hammer away at at some internal things and just grow you because He loves you. And so I wonder if maybe you could just speak to um, instance or circumstance in your life where you just sense, you know what, Ah, Lord, you are, you, I am, I'm broken here. And, and how the Lord really met you in that, maybe in that time of trial or
1: suffering. Um, so, yeah, there's a, there's a few different things I could talk about, but I think probably the one of the most formative would just be some health challenges that my wife has had over the years, uh, some chronic headaches and pain. And, you know, if you're married, you know that if your, your spouse kind of goes down and is not functioning well, That just, you know, put some added pressure on you as well. Um, and so I think what the Lord was was showing me uh, over the years was just that I wasn't as great of a husband as I actually thought that I was. Um, you know, Brian, you can love your wife really well when things are going well and nobody's having any troubles. Um, but you know, as Christian husbands, we're called to something very different. We're called to love the way the Lord loves, and we're called to love sacrificially, and we're called to love through, through difficulty. And um, I think that's, that's something that the Lord really taught me, not that I've arrived by any means. I have a long way to go uh, still in that. Um, I had to repent last week of, uh, of something, uh, within marriage. But, so, so I've got a lot of growth to do, um, but that is a way that the Lord has ministered His grace to me. and it, it, I mean, it's just so true that this is the way that the Lord works. Is he, he works through hardship and through difficulty, revealing to us things about ourselves that maybe we didn't even know. And um, so I found out a lot about uh, being a husband during that time.
2: Uh there's, I'm trying to just think which, there's a few I could, I could go into. I mean, I would say probably the, the biggest, you know, trial, of, you know, I like, look back to back in 2005 where like I was, I was in trouble. I was like rock bottom. And I knew that I had a decision to make and it was going to change the trajectory of my life from there moving forward. Right, so my picture was on the newspaper, front page of the newspaper. Suspect sought in burglary, and I turned myself into the police. Right, and that was like I I look back to that, and it was, was like okay, Lord, my life is yours. It's you take it, you do with it what you want, Um, and. I just trust that you're going to be with me. And he comforted me, he comforted me through that, through his word. He brought people into my life, um, like, you know, Brett Sweet, uh, who's the preaching pastor at Central Campus, and Dave Farley. And it was, you know, tr- that, was a, that was a trial in my life for sure. Um, and the Lord was faithful to, to take care of me. And over the last three years or so, my family on my side has kind of fallen apart. Um, I mean, my dad looked at me two years ago and said, Michael, you have single-handedly destroyed this family. And there's, there's a lot that goes into that. Um, and I was counseled by these guys and through some of the elders through that process. Um, and it was, a, it was a struggle. And it, it brought Lizzie and I closer together. It brought me closer to a, a lot of you and to these guys as I was like I'm going to be faithful to God's word through this and whatever happens happens and I think that's all we can do through those trials is we look to God's word and say this is I know this is true I'm going to trust that this is true and I'm going to I'm going to respond faithfully according to what God's word says and whatever happens the outcome of that is not in my hands, it's in the Lord's hands, so.
0: One of the things I hope that you're sensing here is that we, we don't minister as elders out of our great strengths, we really do minister out of our weakness and out of our sense of great need for the Lord to move in our lives, and as he does that, then hopefully the, the overflow of that will spill as we seek to lead you and to love you and shepherd you uh, well and wisely, so we're not on this stage because any of us have arrived, uh, we have not. And so we continue to seek the Lord and, uh, for, for our own lives and then seek to shepherd you uh, well in that. Uh, I wonder if, uh, and maybe this is for, for all of us here, if we have just a little bit of time here, but um, how, how can, I think a, a, an important question, at least uh, for, for you folks, is how, how can we be praying uh, particularly in this next year, Brian and Mike, you are elder candidates. How can we be praying and supporting you? And, and even Dave and Drew, as we walk together here, uh, if there's anything specific there, I think we'd love to know that.
1: Yeah, I think for, for me in particular, I think it would just be fear of man. I, I kind of alluded to this earlier that um, just the fear of looking foolish sometimes has kept me from wanting to really step out and serve in certain ways to serve the body. And so I think um, praying that I would fear the Lord more than people would be something that I could, you could really pray for me for. I think also just for our family in general, um, I think that we would honor the Lord uh, in the way that we serve uh, a couple of our family. We've got some family members that are dealing with some health challenges right now. And so we just want to honor the Lord and uh, care for those people really well and, and glorify God in that.
3: um i've i've expressed to several people that with paul leaving to plant and our gcf kind of splitting into three churches from from one that was at three locations uh, this feels more like a church plant to me than our church plant did in a lot of ways um there's just a lot of things to to visit to revisit to hammer out to 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 change and, and make our own here in the valley so i mean I'm really thankful to have more elders, and I, I just I would I would love prayer that your prayers for us to be working well together and prioritizing well and being wise with the decisions that we're that we're going to be working through, um, and that's so that's kind of as a as an elder board I would love prayers uh, along those lines. Personally, um, uh, I've got five small kids, a business, um, and I do find myself sometimes kind of prioritizing my comfort or my preferences over my family sometimes. So um, just that I would have a heart to continue to to like dive in, be present, even when there's something else I could be doing. I would have a good excuse not to be there, you know, things like that. So, um, and and really, uh, (coughs) those of you with older kids, Tell me things like this all the time, but you know Jack's going to be 11 in a couple of weeks, and so that's gone by really fast. And um, as fathers, our influence in our kids is important. So whatever that means, you know, uh, whether that's family, leading family worship, devotion times consistently. I mean, that's kind of the, the what my heart is eager to grow in. So I think I think that's enough.
2: Yeah, I would say for for me, just that. You guys would pray that we would, that I would remain faithful to God's word. That you would pray that my relationship with Lizzie would be strengthened through all of this. That we would, that I would continue to. I mean, shepherd my children well, shepherd my home group well, and just an increase of the love of God's word um, would just really be impressed on my heart. Um, not that I don't love God's word, but just an extra measure of that. Um, and just the ability, learning to better apply God's Word to just everyday life. I mean, all of of Christ for all of life is kind of the idea that I really am passionate to implement.
4: Yeah, for me, it would be humility and patience. I'm a, you know, goal-oriented, like, let's get it done, let's just do it. And I like control when I do that. I like having, you know, places for things in my house and um, coming to a church, there's there's a lot of <laughs> there's not a lot of places for things. and you're dealing with people and uh, God is already teaching me that like I'm gonna have to go at his pace and be okay with that. and that's gonna require a lot of faith in me and a lot of patience. Um, and ironically, I'm so against pragmatism. I I see it like I stare at it all the time. The trap that it is. Like, don't fall into pragmatism. Don't fall into pragmatism. Like, if I do this this way, this outcome will happen. And ironically, I can see myself falling into that if I don't (laughs) keep my eye on it, even with my control over. You know, hey, if I if I do this well, then everyone's gonna like me and things are gonna go great. And I just want to go at the Lord's pace and remembering that we're, we're vessels to be used by the Lord. If the Lord's going to use me to, I don't know, just stir some things up and, and the, the result is like everyone's not going to like Dave anymore or, 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 you know, it's just going to require a lot more of me and, and I'm going to have to try even harder with my family and, and doing devotions and still doing that and be tired, then, then that's what it's going to take. And I'm just processing through all that right now. So prayer through that would be, would be fantastic.
0: Very good. Hopefully that helps, and I would just, I would certainly echo uh, Drew's prayers as well. Just wisdom, discernment, boldness, courage, moving forward here, in in a new season. There's lots to be excited about. Uh, there's also just a lot of details and things, and so trying to grab all that um, and not be buried with that. Very practically, um, I I need to take a regular day off, and I am saying that for you to keep me accountable, and. Uh, that's not a hero move, please don't hear me say that, I'm certainly no martyr, but I mean, this, uh, Becky is, is, you know, our kids are old enough, they go to school, Um, Becky's very gracious, she, I'm basically jipping her, is is what's going on, and that's not good, and I've told this to these guys, and so part of that, and I'm not trying to preach here, but just as I've thought through this a little bit, part of that I think reveals just a lack of faith, in my own heart that, man, if I don't get after this and just keep doing this, that, you know, you're all gonna be upset and the church is gonna fall apart and that's just, that's just nutty. And that's not a good long-term plan. So, um, I I really need to, I really need to take a day off and hang out with my wife and do errands (laughs) to the glory of God. (laughs) with a happy heart, (laughs) so pray for me that I would have a happy heart doing errands. Uh, That'd be great. Okay, listen, uh, I'm gonna pray now and then we got a little bit of time here, but if if there's just individual questions for any of us at any time, I do hope, brothers and sisters, that you see up here approachable men. You see guys who really want to know how you're doing, want to know how we can be praying for you, want to know um, how we can walk with you and so uh, at the very least I hope you you got that sense here and then as we move forward uh, that holds true now next month and next year and as we grow together here so I trust this this has been helpful let me pray and then uh, we'll ask God's blessing on the rest of our morning and again if you have a chance to say say hi to these guys get to know a little more father thank you for this uh, time thank you God for the good that you are doing in our church and I pray, Lord, that you would continue to do good and be good for us. Lord, we don't deserve you to do anything good for us because we know of our great need. We know that we were once in rebellion against you, wanting nothing to do with you. And now look at what you've done. And so we give you praise for that. Thank you for your kind grace for each one of us here. Thank you for again for these guys on the stage, particularly for, for Brian and for Mike. I pray your, your continued blessing on them and on their families as we move forward here and uh, ask lord that uh, you would continue to give us uh, boldness courage humility grace in every way lord uh, fill up in the areas that we are lacking uh lord some we we all have blind spots and uh so we ask lord that you would be kind to us in helping us grow Uh, we want to do that we want to become more mature we want to love you more than we do and to trust you way more than we do so thanks lord for this time pray your blessing on the rest of our morning And there's something just so very sweet as we gather together this morning, and I pray that we would sense your nearness and your presence to us